Welcome back to the program. We are getting stuck into it on this Monday afternoon. So now just to let you know the wolf, woohoo, you've sent in a text message and it, there's been a lot of stuff missing. Don't ask me why, but whatever. And I just want clarification on that, wolf, because I know that you're being uber critical of me again. And I think there's a lot of people who listen that would be appreciative of that. Not Zach Bailey. I know that. Uh, rock solid in his support. We do appreciate that from Channel 9. He's been good enough to join us on the line again. G'day, Zachy. Oh, we got to there, Zachy? No, we haven't got to there. Or maybe we do. How are we going, Dave? Dave, by the way, we'll, we'll work from home again today. So here I am coming to you live from Cordor. Coach K sitting in the living room in Bondi. Dave, with the rain jacket on, down in Melbourne. We're just checking that Zach is there. I'm pretty sure that he is. Hello, Zachy. Mm, this is not good, is it? This is not good. I'll tell you what. Might Zach Bailey would back. not fall into the category of unlikely looking sports person. He's looking very fit at the moment. But uh, we get this. You looked in the mirror, Jimmy. LOL. Only joking. Happy Arvos from Hillstorm, Hillary. Uh, no, I try to stay away from that, Hillstorm. Uh, Greenkeeping Rooster. This is a good one for Coach K on the Who Am I? He said, I'm getting in early for the Who Am I? Is it Dennis Beecroft? <laughs> Dennis, no, no, it's not Dennis Beecroft. Uh, but thank you for getting in early and being completely wrong. Uh, there you go. Uh, let's go to Zachy Bailey. I reckon he's there now. G'day, Zach. G'day, Jimmy. How are you? Mate, I'm really well, and I'm really appreciative of the fact that you, you're on the phone. We've got you now loud and clear. We've gone through the Michael Maguire exit. What's your take on it, mate? Everyone seems to have had their say. We've heard from the New Zealand Rugby League CEO, Greg Peters, Tony Kemp. Well, Kemp, he's... Very regular with his comments on these sort of things. We heard from Michael Maguire over the course of the weekend. In your view, was it an untenable situation being able to do the Kiwis job and the Blues job? Well, I think I said the other, a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy, on this program that I thought he could do both jobs. And obviously, the New, New Zealand Rugby League, have, they're, the, they're the people in the position that have to make the tough call. The one thing I will say is after reading Michael Maguire's comments and knowing the kind of man and, and coach that he is, that he would have put 100% into every job that he had. So if he had both jobs, I don't think it would have affected his role as New Zealand coach all that much. The one thing is, if, if, if his role was similar to like a Brad Fittler role where he was over or had to be over in New Zealand, um, dealing with pathways and setting up pathways all the way through the New Zealand Rugby League, then to me, that's when the job would have been completely untenable. I mean, what it does now, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a win for the Blues that Michael Maguire will be fully focused back here in Australia on the one rep team where he can invest all his energy on the one on the one team rather than thinking about international footy at the end of the year. So I think the Blues are the big winners out of this one. Ah, uh, Good call. I think you're exactly right on that one. Uh, speaking about uh, overseas, international, we've got confirmation that Looks like the Fox Corporation in the US are going to take the broadcast into prime time of the mm. NRL for round zero. Uh, now, they, I love the way they always talk about potential audience, but the potential audience of 130 million people. But in all seriousness, this is a, this is a great win for the league, Zach. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, it's an ambitious move, and it doesn't surprise me that it all comes on the back of Peter Volandis. We, we know, we've seen what he's done. He got the the rugby league or the NRL back quicker than any other professional sport after COVID or the first wave of COVID. He's pretty out there and outspoken. He, he, he's out there to ruffle feathers and he's out there to try something, which is try and get a foothold in the American market 
and win over not only this in terms of TV rights and fans, but also the betting market over there. And that's what it's all about. It's all a money-making exercise. And this is a huge help because the more eyeballs that they can have on the game for that round zero doubleheader in Vegas, the more impact and the more successful that this concept will be. Because if it was to fall flat on its face, the NRL want to make this a long-term thing, four or five years minimum. So this is a huge win for the game and the ambitious move, as I said, of taking the game to Vegas. Well, there was even talk that they were going to do it across a streaming service with a with a betting partner. And, and so that's very deliberate pursuit of the gambling dollar. This way, I like it more because you're looking at all the other things that a sport like rugby league has to offer for the viewer over there in the US. The really interesting part of this, Zach, is will we get disclosure on what the Fox US is actually paying for the rights to broadcast this? Remember that um, basically Formula One gave it away in America for many years just to build the audience. And then that would also make us even more interested in what Fox Sports Australia are paying the National Rugby League for the broadcast of their product. Remember, that is commercial in confidence as well, for whatever reason. I don't understand that. But anyway, separate issue. Um, I reckon Dave Donahue choked on his cornflakes when he heard former Broncos great Corey Parker say that Reese Walsh should be paid $1.1 million. Or oh, this is nervous times next time those two meet up, I reckon, Zach. Yeah, it will be. It'll be interesting. I'd love to be there with a microphone and a camera just to see as a fly on the wall to see how it would all, all play out. But, I mean, Corey Parker, he's not wrong in what he was saying in terms of, one, his ability, but two, the most marketable player you'd have to think in the game. Adam Reynolds did an interview recently uh, with Channel 9, I think it was as late as last week. And, he, I mean, he, he's played on the biggest stage. He's played in some, alongside some of the biggest names in the game, Latrell Mitchell, for one, at South Sydney. And he said that he has never seen anything like the Reese Walsh mania that we saw at the back end of last year. So that, that, that's yeah. a big call. But Reese Walsh, uh, he's contracted, I believe, for the next two years. The deal might be around $400,000 a year. But the, quite simply, I don't know where the Broncos are going to get their money from if they're going to mm. up this deal. Because they, they're going to have to, but they want to, and they're going to have to up the deal uh, long term, because if he was to become a go off contract, or he would be the most wanted player in the game, given what we've seen so far. Uh, but then, at what expense? Like, what other great talent do you let go? They've already lost Herbie Farmworth and Tom Flegler this year, and if you continue to have success, then you're going to have to lose these other big name players. I know a player like Adam Reynolds is off contract at the end of this year, but will probably play on one more year after that. But still, you need a good halfback as well as a good fullback. So it's interesting viewing. And as you said, I'd love to see uh, there'll be a fly on the wall when Corey and Dave meet up next. What's interesting around this story too, I reckon, Zach, is, yeah, absolutely, so marketable and such a brilliant player, right? So totally understand that. And I've talked previously about Reese Walsh and his value to another club. But what's his value to the Broncos? Or what do the Broncos think they might have to pay him to keep him? Remember, he asked deliberately, I need to move back to Brisbane to be with my family. They've given him this platform. You know, they would be thinking, hey, we can pay him 800000 It's like the Jerome Law. Like Penrith go, mm. well, he's worth a lot more to you than he is to us. But there are all these non-financial reasons why I think we can keep, say, Jerome Law slash Reese Walsh here. The other part about it is, I reckon if the managers, and remember, they get no help from the clubs on this, but if the managers went out there and looked for third-party opportunities for Reese Walsh, there'd be companies falling over themselves to do something with him. 
Yeah, totally agree. And I, I don't think there's a club out there that has more third-party deals with players than the Broncos. They're, obviously, the, the Dolphins are in town now, just down the road. But in, in terms of the support for Broncos players, you know, it's, it's known through the game that they just have a way to, um, you know, get all these third parties on board. Totally agree um, on, on that point. Though. Like Reese Walsh uh, wants to win a comp with the Broncos. There's no doubt about that. It might be interesting if they go on and win two in the next couple of years. Does he want to hang around or does he want to test himself on the open market? I don't think it'll get to that. I've, I think you're right. I think the, the Broncos will do everything in their power to get into a deal that they think uh, is worthwhile for them and not paying overs. Whereas, as you said, other clubs like we're seeing with the West Tigers now, willing to pay a couple of hundred thousand dollars more per season for a player like Jerome Luai. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other thing to think about is is this too, uh, Zach, and that is if the Broncos hung on at 24-8 and won the mm. grand final, then everyone would be saying that they have to lose a couple of players because that's the price you play, uh, pay for winning a grand final. So it's, it's it's you know, we, we look at Penrith and go, ah, well, they won the comp and then you lose players. That's just the way it goes, which is different for the Brisbane Broncos because they didn't win. Yeah, it, it, that whole narrative just changed. Like, I mean, I still, when I reflect on it, I still can't believe the Broncos lost that game. But there are so many things that would have come out of that, whether it's clauses in contracts, whether yes. it's, you know, does Adam Reynolds still have the desire to go around not only this year, but the year after. Like, the, the emotional uh, high, I guess, that players get from it or the, the sense of accomplishment, whether it's Reese Walsh again or any of those players thinking, you know what, I've won a comp with the Broncos. Let's cash in somewhere else. So there would have been, you know, it's one, in a parallel universe, you, you don't know what impact a Broncos premiership win would have had on who might have been let go in 12 months' time. Does Adam Reynolds play on what it means for Reese Walsh? It's a, it's a, great, it's a great theory. Uh, here I am looking at Reese Walsh. He's got 417,000 followers on Instagram. The Broncos, a hugely supported almost club. Almost as many as you, Jimmy. <laughs> yes, almost, yes. Um, Broncos got 457,000. He's done a collab with Vinny's in Queensland. He's giving away a pair of his boots. And 35,569 people, including Timmy Manor, have liked that on his Instagram profile, which it just goes to show how, uh, what sort of reach that this young man has. Um, yep. Great work, Zachy. As always, thank you, mate. Uh, we'll speak next week. Great to chat, Jimmy. Zach Bailey there from Channel 9. Let's get to the news and then we're back with Coach K.